This is the Nerd Talkalypse Podcast, your one-stop shop for everything nerd. We provide the latest and greatest from trending pop culture and fandoms alike. So take a break from killing zombies with your lightsaber, hang up your cape and cowl, and hop onto the Hogwarts Express and ride your way over to Geek Down to fight our gym leaders and hosts of the show, Lane Stipe and Deej Penhalo. Enthusiasts, and thank you for joining us for episode 86 of Nerd Talk Loops Podcast. Uh, as 86 episodes, yeah. <laughs> as always, uh, I'm here with Lane. For the first time, we're doing this remotely. We had some technical difficulties before. And... So TV lives pretty... far as shit, so we're going to go ahead and do it over the phone. Yeah, pretty interesting. Uh, I'm bringing up my notes here right now. Cool whipping. But yeah, today's episode is all about the road to Infinity War. We're going to be talking about all of the relevant things that have happened starting from way back in 965 AD to present to starting the the movie The Infinity Wars on Saturday on Friday actually. Oh, I'm so excited. Yes. So we'll be discussing things uh, about that. We'll be discussing what the Infinity Stone Infinity Gems do and all that and uh, I guess we can get started. Yeah, we're uh, we're discussing the uh, with the timeline and did you already tell them that? Yeah, we're talking about yeah, we're doing timeline all the way back from 965 AD is what I mean, okay to present. All right, so first things first, we got <laughs> uh, all right. Says so the Marvel, the MCU's timeline. Oh wait, I should probably do, I should probably do the that little plug for that other show. Um, yes, the uh, the Spoiler Country podcast. They released an episode uh, like what two days ago, um, and they're going to be covering the uh, characters that will appear in Infinity War. Um, and their first comic book appearances and all that sort of stuff. So that's really interesting. Um, definitely go over and check that out. And then they're, you know, they're, they're, we're doing a little bit of cross promotion for their, for their show. And they're going to be talking about us on there as well. So that'll be pretty interesting. So definitely go check out Spoiler Country. Um, so even we're going to listen to that shit on the way to, uh, Pittsburgh on Saturday. So yeah, for sure. Check it out. These, these guys know their stuff. They're, they're awesome. Just listen to it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, so I wanted to I wanted to do that real quick before we did that. Anyway, so let's get right into this. The uh, the MCU's timeline starts long before the universe even began, when six powerful singularities existed after the Big Bang. These singularities were forged into stones, aptly titled Infinity Stones. Um, they got their start before there was even light. God was like, "Let there be Infinity Stones, and let there be light." <laughs> He's like, I want to be able to see these things I just made. Like, <laughs> I bet they're beautiful. How can I see them? Oh, yeah, light. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, so it was out, also out of this darkness that the sinister dark elves were born. Uh, millennia ago, King Bor of Asgard, he battles Malekith, the leader of the dark elves. Bor defeats Malekith and then hides the uh, ether or reality stone. And then in a time period best described as long ago... King Bor's son and successor Odin reaches beyond Asgard, takes over the Nine Realms with the help of his firstborn, Hela, which we learn about in Thor Ragnarok. Yes, which me and Brittany just watched, or started watching last night. Right. So, but after her appetite for violence kind of uh, takes over, uh, Odin imprisons her. 
Um, somewhere or as Hella likes to put it, that her, her ambition outgrew Odin. She wanted to take over more than just nine realms. Yeah, well, appetite for violence is probably more accurate. <laughs> I mean, well, I don't know. Odin, Odin had the violence too. They were, you know, they were both doing it. You know what I mean? She just, she just wanted to go further than Odin did. That's true. That's true. Um, anyway, so somewhere in this time period, the Valkyrie are sent to fight Hella when she attempts to escape Odin's exile. All but one, who later becomes Scrapper 142 in Thor Ragnarok, survive this. Um, which is pretty interesting. And like like you said uh, a couple days ago when we first tried to do this show, the the Valkyrie were a giant army, and she also all goes... All female. Yeah, all female, and that this Scrapper 142 also goes by Valkyrie as her comic book title. Yes. Um, she's badass as fuck. She is pretty badass. <laughs> she, I mean, she's... She's a uh, Asgard, so she you know she has strength equivalent to Thor's. Maybe not quite as strong, but she's you know she's up there. And right. Her her fighting capabilities are immense. You know they're some of the best warriors that ever existed on Asgard, and they're all female. Right. In Thor in the movies, like I always wanted to be a Valkyrie, then I realized you were all female. He goes, which is good. He's like, it's about time. Like, <laughs> it's so funny. Okay, so also in the category of long ago, with there's the basically what we mean by this is that there's no there's no timestamps on any of these, so. Um, but in the category of long ago, a meteorite crashes in Africa and gives birth to the technologically advanced city of Wakanda. Imbuing it with the uh, vibranium. Yes. Which we've seen in Cap Shield, uh, his his whole suit. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. Oh, Black, Black Panther's whole entire suit, like weaved yes. with vibranium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not Captain America's suit. Yeah. Uh, Black Bucky, Panther's suit. Bucky's arm, Winter Soldier's arm is made out of vibranium. Yeah. yeah. All sorts of shit. So it's, it's very highly regarded in the Marvel Universe. Um, yes. Anyway, so then we come to our first timestamp ever in the whole universe of this Marvel. And this starts off in 965 AD. Odin battles and defeats Frost Giants and finds Loki as a baby. Which is very important because you know, Loki is a very important character in the MCU in a whole. And uh, he is a Frost Giant, as we know. And, and he was the adopted son and a brother of... Thor, uh, son of Odin, th- brother of Thor. It's funny because I saw a meme where it's like, it shows uh, Hela and Loki, and it says, "Oh, a bl- long black greasy hair." He's like, "Oh, a pointed helmet." He's like, and then I like, look at Thor. He's like, "Are you sure you're not the one that's adopted?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Because because uh, Thor, Thor, uh, Loki, and Hela look more alike than Thor and Hela do. So, right. Maybe was... Odin. Maybe Odin banged a frost giant. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. That's weird. Well, I mean, he... Why did he become... Oh, I guess he can just become blue. Like, he looks just like Loki still. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he doesn't look like a frost giant, like, because he has magic, and he can, you know, because, like, he can make himself look like whatever he wants to, really. I wonder if he's always keeping himself from looking like a frost giant. I'm not really sure about that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that would be pretty... I I guess (laughs) after a time, you'd get used to it. It'd just be a habit, yeah. But anyway, so let's fast forward a little bit to the uh, 20th century. A little bit from 965 AD <laughs> to the 20th. Just a little, just a little time. Jump. Just a tad. Yeah, just a tad. So to the 20th century, the first 1300 thing. years later, <laughs> 1942. This is Red Skull. He marches into Norway and it is the site of the battle with that Odin had with the Frost Giants 1000 years prior, 1300 to be precise, like Lane said, yeah. where Red Skull then finds the Tesseract, or the Space Stone, in a church. Um, Captain America is born with the uh, Super Soldier Serum and joins the fight. It takes three years before he thwarts Red Skull. And um, in 1945, that's when he wins. And he seemingly loses his longtime best friend, 
Bucky Barnes via a cliffside fall off of a train, and then he crashes a plane where he becomes frozen in ice, but ultimately Red Skull is defeated. But not dead, I don't believe. I believe Red Skull is still alive. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I wonder if we'll ever see him again in the MCU, I mean. I mean, probably. It's it's totally possible. Maybe he is dead, but, like, Thanos can do a whole lot of shit with that Infinity Gauntlet, so yeah, that's true. anybody could come man. back. Yeah, the, guess, the guesses are endless for what can happen. I know. It's crazy. <clears throat> and then we jump to 1980. Ego, a powerful cosmic being, travels to Earth and falls in love with Meredith Quill. He plants a seed behind a Dairy Queen. Now, and that's not saying that he banged Meredith Quill and planted a seed in her behind the Dairy Queen. He planted an actual seed <laughs> behind the Dairy Queen. <laughs> yeah, that I don't really know what exact. I can't remember what it does. It doesn't. It effectively does nothing, but... Well, it grew all those plants grew and it was going to devour the entire planet. Oh yeah, it was, like, okay. it was like eating off its energy. Remember, like those weird flowers were growing, and it ended up getting like just another, another freaking thing that's just eating the planet, like in every goddamn thing else. Like, yeah, makes sense. Yep. So then later in the eighties, uh, Hank Pym is Ant Man. He uses his suit to try and disarm a Soviet missile that is headed toward the United States, and is unable to do so. But his wife, uh, Janet Van Dyne, who is the Wasp or was the Wasp, yeah. Um, enters the quantum realm to take care of the missile. She succeeds, but ends up stranded there. Yes, which is crazy. And he, he like, I, he like, spent his whole rest of his life trying to get her out of there, and he couldn't. Which I'm assuming does she not age in the quantum realm? I don't know. I imagine so. She wouldn't. She wouldn't be any much older than Hank Pym. So I'm, I mean, she. I mean, uh, maybe. I don't. I really don't know the answer to that question. Interesting. Anyway, all right. Then we get to 1988. Ego's son, Peter Quill, watches his mother, Meredith, die of a brain tumor and then gets abducted outside the hospital by Mary Poppins, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, probably. What's his real name? Oh, uh, Yondu. <laughs> Yondu. Yondu's the one that grabbed him, right? It's... I don't know if they ever say that. Because that's the one, because he got him as a kid. I don't I don't know who grabbed him, but Yondu ended up with him as a kid. That's why he like became like more like more or less his father. That's a bad day for Peter Quill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Watch his mom die and then get abducted by some random dude and find out all that shit. That's crazy. Anyway, <laughs> so 1989, Hank Pym, he goes on to quit his post as a consultant at S.H.I.E.L.D. after they pressure him into sharing the Pym particle, which he obviously didn't want to do because that's his technology and all that good shit. Yeah, that technology in the hands of S.H.I.E.L.D. would not be good because they, they like to weaponize everything. So give them something like that, man. They would, they would ugh, That would be no good. Yeah, and then there, the, well, even even so, even later in that movie, the the villain of that movie was, you know, he he had the same thing. He was trying to weaponize the yeah, and he did. Yeah, that's a, I like that, little... that movie, man. It's good shit. Yeah, I can't wait till Ant Man Two comes out. It's gonna be interesting. But and then we got a uh, 1991 Hydra assassin, the Winter Soldier, carries out the assassination of Howard and Maria Stark, which we see in what Civil War. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. That's what leads uh, him to hate Bucky so much, and he, uh, yeah, he, uh, Bucky Barnes killed Tony Stark's parents, <laughs> which is crazy. Way to, way things just kind of circle around. Yeah, it's pretty pretty interesting. And then, uh, okay, so then in 1999, Tony Stark meets scientist Aldridge Killian, which I believe in the movie when he meets him, he does not remember that he does this. Like he just talks to him and then kind of blows it off. Right. And then a few years later, Bruce Banner, uh, he tries recreating Cap's, like Captain America's super serum, and he blasts himself with gamma radiation, which turns him into the Hulk. Um, this was in the uh, Edward Norton 2008 Hulk that this was before, or I'm sorry, 2007 Hulk. This is before that 
This is before Edward Norton's, because in the beginning of Edward Norton's movie, he was already the Hulk. No, the Edward Norton one's the only one that's regarded for the MCU. I know, but there's no that wasn't that wasn't there was no backstory on that one. It, that movie started off with him already being the Hulk. Oh, okay. Because remember, he's in that other country, and he like tells us, "You wouldn't like me when I'm hungry," because he doesn't speak the language properly. Right, right. <laughs> he doesn't really show like because it was the one before that that showed that what happened. Right. So, okay, so then... Yeah, so he spends several years traveling the world, evading Thunderbolt Ross. He's spotted intermittently in newspapers and in... Oh, uh, in newspapers in, in 2004, 2006, and 2007. Yep. And then uh, Thunderbolt Ross is who becomes the Red Hulk later in life. Interesting. Oh, yeah. We haven't seen that in the movie, but we haven't seen that in the movie yet, I don't think. No, we have not, but that would be cool. Right. That'd be the only thing they could really. I don't know if they ever made another Hulk movie. They should definitely bring in She-Hulk or something. That would be cool. Yeah, that would be awesome. I hope that we get to see She-Hulk someday. That'd be dope. So uh, then we jump to 2008. Tony Stark is kidnapped in Afghanistan. This is where the movies begin, at least uh, after Captain America. But this is where this is the first movie that ever came out for the Marvel, the MCU. Uh, Tony Stark is kidnapped in Afghanistan. He escapes and heads back home to become Iron Man. The MCU hinges on this year when Tony Stark says, I am Iron Man. This sets a fire under Nick Fury's ass to set forth his Avengers initiative. And then a little six months later, which is Iron Man 2, Ivan Vanko builds his own arc reactor and attacks Tony at the Grand Prix 6, which happens six months later. Right. I think Ivan Vanko watches the uh, news report and then it takes him six months to build it. That's the way I understood that. I don't know. Oh, okay. Like, he watches that thing. It happens at the beginning of Iron Man 2, but they're kind of like, it's like flashback I suppose. Oh, okay. Then, yeah, and yeah, then it takes him sense. six months, and then he attacks him at the Grand Prix. Okay. Which, right, ultimately, he wanted to do, all he wanted to do was prove that Iron Man wasn't invincible. Yeah, and which he did. Yeah, exactly. So, and then, um, okay. So, this leads to Nick Fury's big week in 2009. This is a very interesting thing that Lane and I kind of sort of just found out. So, Iron Man 2, The Incredible Hulk, Thor, and the final scene of Captain America all take place during the same week. Basically, what happens is Thor is banished. Okay, so at the end of Iron Man, you see Thor's hammer fall to Earth in the post-credits scene. But you didn't know that's what it was. Right. So then in Thor, uh, he's banished and comes to Earth. Hulk fights the Abomination, which is at the end of the Hulk movie. Captain America is discovered in ice, and Tony... Stark and Rhodey, who would become War Machine from that moment on, defeat yes. Vanko and his drones, and that all happens during the same week in 2009. That's some crazy. That's crazy. You don't think about it when you watch the movies. You know what I mean? Like unless we were told that, you wouldn't even know that. Right. Mm. It's very interesting. Okay, then that jumps us to 2012, where Loki steals a Tesseract on Thanos's orders and gives him an army in return, so we can take over Earth. But thanks to the Avengers, this doesn't work out. It lets the world know the aliens and gods for sure exist. It also creates jobs for people like Adrian Toomes until he gets shut down and becomes Vulture. Now, in the beginning of Homecoming, we see Adrian Toomes cleaning up the wreckage from in New York from that from the first Avengers movie, which then the, and then the rest of Avenger, uh, Homecoming takes place much later. But yeah, so then so the thing is like what I said last time is this. The government just let Adrian clean up the shit. He never would have became the vulture. He just would have sold a little shit. He'd be a regular diet guy like for the rest of his life. But no, the government had to come and fuck shit up. So Adrian then becomes the vulture and becomes a horrible villain. 
and shit goes down. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Let's see here. Uh, so in 2013, a PTSD-ridden Tony Stark, who has PTSD from the New York battle, um, has to overcome this to fight Aldrich Killian, who he didn't remember, but he becomes the Mandarin. Um, so this is to, Iron Man three. Yes, so he had to become. He had to do that. Meanwhile, during all this, Thor is cleaning up Loki's mess. Um, he battles Malekith. Jane Foster discovers the Reality Stone, and then Thor that wasn't that huge hole in that movie, right? In that second one. Yes. It was like a humongous hole. Yeah, it was like a in that time warp thing. Yeah, there was. Yeah, the whole I'm thinking, the hole I'm thinking about is from the fucking the Defenders. Yeah, yeah, that's what you're thinking of. But, but then, some, some, it was similar to that. It was like an old building that had some portal in it or some shit. Yeah, like that's that. exactly what. Man, the kids were like dropping stuff off like the top floor and it was disappearing. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Jane Foster discovers the Reality Stone. Thor defeats Malekith, and the Nine Realms converge, which is a horrible, th- horrible thing. And then Loki takes on the throne and then banishes Odin. Asshole. And then becomes Odin himself, like little traitor fucker. We just saw you seen that in the beginning of Ragnarok too. It's kind of funny. Like Matt Damon is playing Loki in that play. It's so funny. Oh my god, dude, that shit was crazy. <laughs> so so then we jump to 2014. Cap is an agent of Shield, but Hydra releases the Winter Soldier to overthrow Shield. Cap overcomes and defeats Hydra, and is revealed that Bucky is the Winter Soldier. I'll never forget that reveal, dude. Like. That first scene when he shows up, they're like driving down the in the freeway, and then like the Winter Soldier just comes out of nowhere, and like punches Cap Shield, douche, and like he's like, oh my god, and, like dude, they fight I, and fight, and then like the mask comes off, and he's like, Bucky. <laughs> I would, I never ever in a million years expected that to happen. Yeah, I mean that, that whole scene was that that's, that whole scene was crazy. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I Winter Soldier was awesome. That was a really good movie. Yeah, it's one of my. Then, it's probably uh, one of my favorites. Right. And at the same time as this, uh, on the other side of the galaxy, the Guardians of the Galaxy are formed and they fight Ronan the Accuser, which is from the first uh, Guardians of the Galaxy movie. The Collector tells them the orb is the Power Stone. Then they defeat Ronan, using the Power Stone, actually. If I remember correctly, remember they all grabbed onto it and they like destroyed him or something? That, like that right? was weird. But yeah, yeah that I was remember. really weird. And then a few months later few months later uh peter meets his father ego and destroys him shortly thereafter in a few events that realistically mean nothing to the greater mcu but uh, all except for the post credit scenes which teased adam warlock and uh some you know future stuff that we have yet to see i wonder if we're going to see adam warlock in infinity war or if he's not going to come out till the next guardians movie or something um i don't know I, honestly god i have no freaking idea that would be cool Cause though because the thing about when they say these are all the confirmed characters for Infinity War, that doesn't mean there's not others. You know what I mean? That, right. So there's a possibility there's going to be something that nobody even knows are going to be in it. They do say that there's like 67 characters going to be in this movie, so who the yeah. fuck knows, man? It's going to be crazy. I mean, but the Avengers alone, that you know, plus plus the Guardians and shit like that, like they don't make up that that they don't make up that many people. No. No, I mean that's still like a few people from Wakanda are there. You know, I wonder if they count as the 67. All, all the, some of the like the B list people, you know, like uh, Black Panthers, uh, Michonne's character. Yeah, I'm sure they'd have to. They'd have to count yeah. that. But some of them are B list, com- you know what I mean, compared to the rest. Like she's obviously not going to touch anybody, any of the regular superheroes. Like yeah. But then uh, okay, and then uh, then the the Avengers track down Loki's scepter and they create Ultron, who cracks open the scepter and reveals the Mind Stone, which they use to create Vision. 
So Vision is powered with the Mind Stone, which makes him extremely powerful. Like he's amazing. Oh my god, yeah. I wonder, yeah, and like it's it's weird. Like he can, he can, um, what shoot beams out of his head? Yeah, it would have to be pretty powerful beams. They would have to be, yeah. I, that's just crazy. A singularity. Like, yeah. You, you think that vision would be way more powerful than he is being powered by that stone. I mean, they're not really utilizing him like they should be in the in the MCU. Oh, yeah, like in the animated movies, man, he is a mean machine. Dude, I will never forget when you told me. I showed you that scene. Yeah, when or yeah, you told me about it, then you showed me like with it, what he can actually do. Like, I, that is just crazy shit. I... Well, Thor was like flying up about as fast as he could from the planet, and vision was up in the air. And he just said density increased by however much, and he just falls to the ground like, right towards Thor. And you, you know, you would think, oh, it's Thor and, and Mjolnir. He'll just, you know, vision won't affect him. No, it affected him. He, it it slammed Thor right back down on the Earth, dude. It was absolutely <laughs> insane. Like, I mean, they did do they did insane. they did do something to to let you let people know that like that's one of his things that he can do. You know what I mean? They they've showed like him doing yeah. like uh, phasing and. And certain things like that. And then, dude, do you remember in fucking Civil War when... Yeah, when the Scarlet Witch was doing that to his head, he was, like, sinking into the ground. Yeah, dude, that is some crazy shit, man. That's an interesting scene. Yeah, I like it. Okay, so then uh, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch, they join the team. And uh, Quicksilver dies pretty quickly thereafter. Pussy. <laughs> but they, but when, Quicksil- when Scarlet Witch joined, they, or they were both villains at first. Yeah, they were both villains at first. They were working with Ultron. Yeah, they were working with dude. That I love that scene though. Remember when he's just like, "She cannot affect my mind, for I am mighty." <laughs> for I am mighty, and then like he's getting, and then all of a sudden he's affected, and it's just like, ah. And in that, it's it. actually in those scenes when you get like a weird, like a uh, vision from <coughs> Tony Stark that's like of Infinity War, kind of. Yeah, he's like all cracked open and shit. Yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll see, man. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see. I want to watch that movie. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I've only watched Age of Ultron one time because that's also one of the dopest fight scenes in the MCU, in my opinion, is uh, a Hulk Buster versus Hulk. Yeah, I've only ever seen it once too. I, I have it on Blu-ray, I think. Yeah, I need to watch that again. But uh, the Avengers end up defeating Ultron and drop a city out of the sky, killing a lot of innocent people, all while being initially responsible in the first place. So, not they did save the world, but they wouldn't have had to if they didn't create Ultron to begin with. So they like pretty much created their own movie, like. <laughs> That's what they did. Like, they didn't. There wouldn't be Age of Ultron if they didn't create Ultron. So that movie never would have even had to have happened. Right. But I mean, essentially, it's not. It's not horrible writing because they ended up having. You know, there's a lot that came out of that movie that ended up. No, I wouldn't call it horrible writing either. It just, I mean, that, that's pretty much what happened in the comic books and stuff too. But Ultron was created differently, but it's still ultimately he still became a bad guy. So yeah. You know, they didn't create Ultron to be a bad guy. It just ended up being that way. Right. And then without Age of Ultron, Civil War would have never happened because they would have never felt like they needed to be kept in check. Yeah, because, yeah, they wouldn't have destroyed fucking... What what the name of that city? Uh, Sokovia. Sokovia, yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting. Uh, Okay, so then... Thor, he then, after he discovers the existence of the Infinity Stones, which, by, by way of Vision, he sets off to find them in the universe... So that's that's what he's doing for a little while. Yeah, and then uh, we find out in the beginning of Ragnarok that he finds nothing. <laughs> yeah, he's like talking to that skeleton in the beginning. He's like, "So I, I put off to find the Infinity Stones, and I found Jack Squat." Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's talking. So he's then, having uh, a conversation with Mister Krabs. Yeah, well, he was talking to that skeleton in that cell, and then he falls down and talks to that fucking uh, Surtur. <laughs> oh, Surtur, that's right. I forgot about that skeleton in the very beginning. <clears throat> 
It was just a skeleton sitting in there, and he's just talking to it. Cause yeah, I, remember, I, I forgot all about that. And then uh, we get Tony steps back from the Avengers because, like, he you know uh, there was that scene where he felt really guilty. Uh, that mom was telling him, "Was like my boy died in that in that thing," and he's like, "Shit!" Like he just felt so guilty, he kind of just couldn't take it anymore. Right. No, that he steps back. I think at the beginning or at the end of at the end of. Uh... What you call it? I mean, ultimately in Civil War too, but at the end of Age of Ultron, he pretty much is just like, you know, I need to go away. Right. Well, kind of like it, kind of like f- melded into that. Like, yeah, it started in Age of Ultron, but came to a conclusion in Civil War. Yeah, and then and then post Age of Ultron, Ant Man is born and recruited via Scott uh, Scott Lang and Hank Pym. I'm disappointed that it's not Hank Pym that we're seeing in the in this, but I did like that. That movie was awesome, and I, I'm pretty excited for the next one. It looks the trailers make it look fantastic. Oh yeah, I'm stoked. Oh, yeah, I can't wait. And then we got 2015 Baron Zemo, which is the guy that he found out the code to Winter Soldier. You know the 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 phrase that he needed to say to make him go crazy, and he did it. <laughs> He's the one that pretty much created Civil War, which led to Civil War and the Accords. Yep. With, which also led to the death of T'Chaka, Black Panther's father. And, uh, yeah, so that's what led, you know, that's what pretty much Baron Z, if, without Baron Zemo, Civil War would not have happened. He, that was what he wanted. He wanted them to destroy each other from the inside. He didn't use them, he didn't fight them, he used fucking his brains, which was genius. Like, he did such a good job. Like, he almost succeeded. Like, yeah. Yeah, he was pretty goddamn close. I mean, he did succeed, but it didn't, not the way that he could have. Like, you know, man, I don't think Bucky's arm is made out of, uh, Vibranium. I don't think so either. I can't remember exactly what it's made of. I couldn't find anything one time. I was looking. I couldn't figure it out. Because it was destroyed by Iron Man's chest beam. Yeah. Yeah. So now that I mentioned that, I'm going to redact that. Yeah, that's fine. I'm not sure what it's made out of then because it's not going to be adamantium or vibranium because I don't think it would have got destroyed so easily. Yeah, because there's that scene from uh, from Avengers 1 where he uses that same exact chest beam and fires it at Cap, at Cap's shield. And he bounces it off of it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh-huh. definitely not a thing. Okay, anyway, so uh, after the death of T'Chaka, the big the big news from this movie that everyone wanted was Spider-Man. He gets recruited from Queens. Um, he had already been Spider-Man for six months prior to that. Um, and then he proceeds to beat the shit out of Falcon and Winter Soldier at the same time. Yep. I loved it. <laughs> and then... Uh, then we get this giant Team Captain America, Team Iron Man fight at the airport, which is super yes. fucking interesting. Um, ultimately, neither of them come out on top, really, do they? No, I wouldn't say so, because it, it ends up being that Iron Man, uh, Winter Soldier, and Captain America end up at that facility where all the other Winter Soldiers are. And it's a dope fucking fighting, fight so. scene, though. Oh, the, all the, the, whole, the whole movie was dope. It just, it never, like, it wasn't really much of a, nobody really won, I guess. Like yeah. But ultimately, it ends up with Captain America going off-grid, and Tony moves into Avengers headquarters, but he's still, you know, he's basically Iron Man again, but they're following the Accords. Right. Cap doesn't agree with the Accords. Right. And we got just one week later, which at the end of Civil War, we see that Winter Soldier gets taken in to Wakanda by the Black Panther to to cure for him, to to help him heal, because they have technology that we do not... And they believe they can. So this is. I guarantee now that his arm's gonna be made of adamantium, though. They're oh, gonna yeah. replace his arm with vibranium. This. Vibranium, yes. Yes, absolutely. So if it wasn't made from vibranium before, it definitely is going to be now. Yes. 
For sure. And then and then just two months later, two months later, then, then pretty much then that, uh, return to Queens where Peter Parker impatiently waits on a call from Tony Stark for the next Avengers mission and fights against Adrian Toomes, a.k.a. the Vulture, which was of the pretty much entire storyline of Homecoming. Right. And in this movie, there was no mention of, like, very much as far as MCU related material goes, except for... towards the very end, I guess. Like, when, yeah, he, the... when he showed the spider, the... Uh, Spider, steel spider. Wait, what? The iron spider. The iron spider, steel spider. <laughs> yeah, I mean that was really cool too. And it, but it's very interesting. And then and that's that moment where you get that line because t- uh, Tony Stark proposes to Pepper Potts, and you get that line about 2008. He's like, I've been holding on to this for two, since 2008, but which we discussed at some point that there's a fucking flaw with the MCU timeline. There's a lot. There's flaws with all these movies. I just don't care about that. I just yeah. want to watch it. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't really matter. Okay, so then uh, sometime in 2016, Dr. Stephen Strange gets into a car accident and becomes, uh, uh, you know, heads to wherever to get surgery. and Or not surgery, but become, he eventually becomes Dr. Strange, the Sorcerer Supreme, and yep. handles that, that problem that is Dormammu and uh, acquires the Time Stone via the Eye of Agamotto. So it's, that's all very interesting. That movie's fucking awesome. Yeah, it's weird because that movie came out before Homecoming, but Homecoming takes place before it. Yes. So the whole idea of the movies taking place in the year they come out is bullshit. Yeah, absolutely. So people are stupid to think that because this, this proves it right there. <laughs> and we got in uh, 2017, Thor Ragnarok happens in real time, which we've been just talking about. Uh, at the end of the movie, Thor, Hulk, and the Revengers are confronted by the Sanctuary 2, the flagship of Thanos. So Which is yeah, lead directly into Infinity War. That like the end of the end of Ragnarok leads right into Infinity War. Yes, very very interesting. <clears throat> and yeah, 2018 Infinity War, which is happening this week, tomorrow actually is when it starts. So going into Infinity War, the locations of the Infinity Stones are as follows. We're gonna read these through, and then we're gonna talk about what each one does. Yes. So uh, let's see here. Oh, we're doing really good on time. Uh, we got the Space Stone, which is on the Asgardian arc with Loki. Which originally was purple, but now it is blue. And the Space Stone allows the user to exist in any location, move any object anywhere throughout reality, warp or rearrange space, teleport themselves and others any place they can, uh, the user can imagine, increase their speed, and alter the distance between objects, contrary to the laws of physics. At full potential, the Space Gem grants the user omnipresence. Which omnipresence or ubiquity is the property of being present everywhere. So, like, literally, like, everywhere. You literally can, you exist in, in everywhere. Like, that's literally, like, that, it's crazy. That's crazy. That's yeah. insane. Yeah, it's absolutely insane. So, then we got number two here. This is the reality zone, and this is said to be with the collector, which originally was yellow, but now is red. The reality stone allows the user to fulfill their wishes, even if the wish is in direct contradiction with the scientific laws and do things that would normally be impossible, and create any type of alternate reality the user wishes. When backed by the power of the other gems, the reality gem allows the user to alter reality on a universal scale. Which is insane. (laughs) That's insane. (laughs) (laughs) All of these are fucking insane. Okay. Number three is the Power Stone, which is locked away on Xandar, and is the stone, the aforementioned stone that uh, ultimately destroyed Ronin at the ends of Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. which originally was red but now apparently it's purple 
uh, the Power Stone, which is pretty self-explanatory, allows the user to access and manipulate all forms of energy, enhance their physical strength and durability, and boost the effects of the other five gems. At full potential, the Power Gem grants the user omnipotence. Omnipotence. Omnipotence is the quality of having unlimited power. Monotheistic religions generally attribute omnipotence to only the deity of their faith. So they just have an, they have unlimited powers. What omnipotence is, right? Which is insane. Yes. So to be able to be everywhere at once and have unlimited power is just beyond comprehension. Yes. I I oh man I can't even fucking understand what the fuck. Okay. Anyway, uh, number four, the Time Stone. Um, it is with Doctor Strange in the Eye of Agamotto, which, which we've we've a, seen what it can do in the in that yeah. movie. Yeah, and it bit. pretty much it explains that right here, too, exactly what he did with it, which is cool. Uh, the time stone was, was orange, but now is green. Uh, it allows the user to see into the past and the future. Stop, slow down, speed up, or reverse the flow of time. Uh, time travel, uh, change the past and the future, age and de-age beings, and trap people or entire universes in, an ending, in unending loops of time, which is what he did to Dormammu. At full potential, the time gem grants the user omniscience which omniscience is the capacity to know everything there is to know. So omnipotence, you have unlimited power. Omnipresence, you are everywhere at once. And having omniscience, you know everything. So what the fuck? Yeah. (laughs) I I specifically like about Time Stone that you can direct it at a thing or one person and only do the time in which that being or item has lived. Like when he eats the apple twice. Uh huh. That's really well, it says, interesting. It says, uh, it says in there, uh, uh Age ages being. or DH beings. Beings, yeah. Or, I guess, <clears throat> non being things, too. I, oh, I guess, is an apple technically alive? I don't know. <laughs> it is when it's connected to the tree, I suppose. <clears throat> sure. I mean, I'm not really sure. <laughs> Semantics. Yeah. All right, so the Mind Stone, which is uh, currently embedded in Vision's head, which we talked about prior. Yes, and it was originally blue and now it's yellow. It allows the user to enhance their mental and psionic abilities and access the thoughts and dreams of other beings. When backed by the power gem, the mind gem can access all minds in existence simultaneously. The mind is also the manifestation of the universal subconscious, which is fucking crazy. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, uh, the number six is the soul stone, and its location is unknown. It was purple, but apparently is now blue. The Space Stone allows a user to exist in any location, move any object anywhere throughout reality, warp or rearrange space, teleport themselves and others any place the user can imagine, increase their speed and alter the distance between objects contrary to the law of physics. At full potential, the Space Gem grants the user omnipresence. Wow. Dude, I bet you the Soul Stone's in Wakanda. Oh, no, that's the Soul Stone. I read it wrong. Sorry, this is the Soul Stone. I just read the one I already read. <laughs> Okay, Soulstone, which is was green, which is now orange. This allows a user to steal, control, manipulate, and alter living and dead souls. The Soul Gem is also the gateway to an idyllic, 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 idyllic. At full potential, the Soul Gem grants the user control over all life in the universe. Jesus. Yeah, dude, like this thing is just fucking crazy. And just for a little bonus, there are three gems that exist in in or outside the Marvel universe. 
that I can talk about real quick. The Ego Gem, which is gold, it contains the consciousness of the cosmic entity Nemesis and recreates her when united with the other six gems. The Ego Gem is found in the Ultraverse when the Asgardian god Loki attempts to steal the other six gems. It has never been seen outside its initial appearance except for the Superhero Squad show and the Marvel Superhero Squad, the Infinity Gauntlet video game, where it is reimagined as the Infinity Sword. It's a rhythm stone in the Marvel Superhero Squad, which is pink, universe. In related media, a seventh rhythm gem exists. The acquisition of the Infinity Gems is the main focus of the Superhero Squad show, uh, which ends up being a fake anyway that Loki created, so it doesn't even matter. (laughs) (laughs) And there is a build gem, which is red, and it pretty much does what it says. It just builds things. You can build whatever. It's not a Lego Marvel movie. Yeah, build build gem. Right. (laughs) Okay, so the last thing here we got is uh, appearances of Thanos across the MCU. Um, the first one, the gauntlet appeared in Thor in Odin's vault, but was revealed to be fake. All the way, it took all the way to Ragnarok to reveal that it was a fake. Yeah, Hell um, just walks by. She goes fake and knocks it over. Tink. Right. <laughs> and then in uh, Avengers, the first Avengers movie in 2012, the mid-credit scene, Thanos appears just smiling. You know, whatever. It was not, not by Josh Brolin. It was by Damian Poitier. Um, mm. He just kind of looks at nothing. I don't know. Looks back at the camera. Short, sweet. Yeah, it was like just like the first appearance of him, and we we're like, "Oh shit, that's Thanos!" That's what I was hoping we were gonna get in Justice League for Dark Side, but no. Yeah, I know, right? Dumb fuckers. <laughs> so then, in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, he is a he's like a supporting character in this movie. Um, this sets him up in the universe to who he is with Gamora and Nebula, which he is their their father, yep. and um, as well as his his influence on Ronan. Which he hired Ronan to acquire that Power Stone, I believe. He hired Ronan to acquire the Power Stone, and Ronan did this in exchange for the destruction of Xandar. Yeah. And then... Go ahead. Avengers Age of Ultron 2015 mid credit scene. First appearance of the real gauntlet without the stones. When he sticks his hand in, he goes, fine, I'll do it myself. And he puts the glove on and picks it up and wiggles his fingers. Fuck yeah. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Oh, I can't wait, dude. Yeah, I can't wait either. There was fucking man. I can't. I have no idea how this movie's going to take place. I've gotten two messages from friends of friends of our show that have both seen the movie. That being, well, they told me that they told me I can't say anything until the movie comes out. But yeah, two, no two of our really close friends saw the movie, and both of them messaged me and told me that it is fucking crazy shit. How did they see it? They apparently have special privileges based off their employment. Assholes. I know. But That's okay. I can't wait till Saturday. It's going to be fun. We're going to go eat Noodle House. Yeah, yeah, with lightsaber chopsticks. Yeah, and then we're going to go <laughs> watch Infinity War. Oh, baby. Oh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Infinity War 3D D-Box. 3D D-Box. Oh, yes, I can't wait. It's, I bet it's not going to stop moving, dude. I guarantee it. Oh, I know. It's going to be just a fucking thrill ride the whole time. Yes, thank you, our fans, for traveling down the road to Infinity War with us. Yeah, and go watch the Venom trailer. Yes, do that. <laughs> pretty crazy shit. That. We'll talk about it next week whenever we okay, yeah, yeah. do this, but sounds good. So tune in next week. I don't know. We, we still have to figure out what we're doing with the uh, Infinity War roundtable. Roundtable. But, uh, I, I wonder start... if I can convince Brittany to talk about it with us, maybe. Ooh, possibly, yeah. She's shy, so I don't know. Have we, we've never had a female on the podcast. Nope, that's why I wanted her on. Yeah, that'd be interesting. That'd be dope. <laughs> All 
All right, guys. Well, we'll see you next week for uh, the Infinity War stuff. Booyah. All right. Peace. Peace. That wasn't too bad. No, not at all. The Skype recording won't talk. won't stop until I end the call, but yeah. All right. Well, then, uh, just, uh, I guess we'll hang up, but just text me and let me know, if, let me know how it sounds. Yeah, I will. All right. I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye. Bye.